There is a story which I believe is particularly relevant to this video. A local pastor was holding a revival, which ended up being a great success. During the revival, the power of God moved and a lot of people gave their life to Christ. And a lot of people were set free from the challenges and the issues that they were facing in their personal life. On one of the nights, a woman came to the lead pastor and asked him, if him and his wife could come over to our house for counseling. The pastor was more than willing to have a counseling session with her. So he asked her, what does she need counseling regarding? And she simply said, I am being haunted. And the woman broke down into tears. The pastor was unable to visit her house the following day. Therefore, he sent his wife on his behalf. And she was a minister in her own respect. On arrival to this lady's home, the pastor's wife was expecting to hear stories about how this lady's home was being haunted by spirits. So she began the conversation saying to this woman, what has been haunting your home? The lady responded by saying, it's not always the house that's haunted, sometimes it's the person. As the conversation continued, the pastor's wife found out that this lady was struggling with forgiving herself for a sin she had committed over 10 years ago. She felt guilty and hence she felt condemned. The story never told us what sin this woman had committed, but what it did tell us is that this sin held her back for 10 years. For 10 whole years she was unable to progress with her life because of one sin. Don't let the spirit of condemnation haunt you like it did this woman. So today's message will be separated in two points. Firstly, how to overcome the accuser of the brethren. And secondly, God's love and mercy towards us, towards sinners. You see, the spirit of guilt will literally haunt you, just like it did this woman. It will force you to live a heavy life. Guilt, along with fear and temptation, are the enemy's main weapons he uses against believers. When you live with the heaviness of guilt, nothing works for you in your spiritual life. You begin to doubt your prayers. You don't walk by faith. You don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't even feel like praying because of the heaviness of guilt and condemnation. You begin to ask yourself questions. Will God even answer my prayers? Will God bless me? Am I even worthy of receiving a blessing from God? I am not up to standard, I am not up to the mark. What is the use of me praying? After all, I have sinned, after all, I am guilty, after all, I am a sinner. All these thoughts begin to start coming into your mind. You must remember that the enemy has many names in the Bible, and one of which is the accuser of the brethren. He will remind you of everything you have done wrong last week, and even remind you of things that you did wrong 40 years ago. He will replay the mistakes that you have made, every lie that you have told, every time you gave in to temptation, every time you fell short of the standard of the word of God, he will remind you of that. All in an attempt to make you feel guilty. Now how do we overcome the accuser that the Bible speaks of in Revelations 12 10? Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. As I said earlier, condemnation and guilt is one of the main weapons the devil often uses against believers. But God says that this weapon will not work against you. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. The Bible does not say God will condemn. It says you shall condemn the tongue that is raised against you in judgment. When the accuser brings guilt and condemnation against you, you shall condemn it. Do not expect God to condemn it. It is your job to condemn the condemnation that Satan brings against you. How do we condemn the condemnation? Listen carefully. We overcome Satan when we testify personally to what the Word of God says, the blood of Jesus does for us. I'm going to say that again. We overcome Satan when we testify personally to what the Word of God says, the blood of Jesus does for us. In other words, they confessed with their mouth what the Word of God says the blood of Jesus has done for them. So next time you're struggling with guilt or condemnation, you should say, I am justified because according to Romans 5, 9, much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I am forgiven because according to Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. One of the biggest lies the devil wants you to believe is that God's love is based on your performance. So once your performance is below the standard of the Bible, God doesn't love you anymore. You need to know God's love is perfect. The word of God tells us this truth in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we often stop there, failing to go on to the next verse, which says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That woman that I mentioned at the start of the video was not aware of the real reason why God sent his son. God sent his son to save the world, not to condemn it. God's love has absolutely nothing to do with your performance. Each and every one of you have to get to this private place between you and God where you know in yourself that God loves you. Not only do you have to know, but you need to believe that God's love for you is an unconditional, unending, constant love for you that has absolutely nothing to do with your performance. Regardless of what you have done in the past, regardless of what you will do, God loves you. Stop allowing the accuser to make you believe that God can't love someone like you. Stop allowing the accuser to tell you that you are no longer worthy of the love of God because of some sin you have committed in the past. If the truth be told, God demonstrates his love for us in this. 
While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Whilst you were still out in the world partying all night, he loved you. When you didn't care about his word, he still loved you. He knew every single one of our most outrageous sins before we even committed them. Yet, he still went to the cross for us. Why? So that he can forgive us. Confess your sin. 1 John 1 verse 9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Even if you have to confess the same sin 10 times a day, confess it. God cannot forgive unconfessed sin. He is abundant in mercy. He is abundant in grace. Stop letting the accuser make you feel like you're the first person to commit that sin or making you feel like you're the first person to ever commit a sin over and over again. The devil will do a great job making you feel like you're the first person, the only person ever to make that mistake. God wants to forgive you, but you have to confess it. Look at David's life. David sinned. David was a mess. David committed sins that even by today's standards would be unthinkable. David slept with a married woman, a married woman, whilst her husband was at war. Once he found out she was pregnant, he planned the death of her husband. This is a man described as Israel's greatest king. This is a man that is described as after God's own heart, yet he sinned like that. Just imagine that, willfully sleeping with another man's wife and then having the audacity to have that man killed. David sinned. This is where Psalms 51 comes into play. David was not perfect, but David had a sensitivity to sin and he did not let condemnation haunt him. He had to deal with his sin. And that's where Psalms 51 comes in. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to your multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Look at that wonderful word, loving kindness. Even though he had sinned horribly, David knew that forgiveness was available to him based on God's covenant of love. And it's available for you today. Confess your sin. Psalms 51 verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin are ever before me. Sin has the tendency not to go away. If anything, it wants to stay there forever and live in the human conscience in the form of guilt and condemnation. Remember what the woman said at the start of the video. Sometimes it's not the house that's haunted, it's the person. Please note David's choice of words. My sin is ever before me, as if his sin was haunting him. Everywhere he'll turn, his sin was ever before him. And I believe as you are hearing me, there are sins that you have not confessed. But I am here to encourage you, God is a merciful God. He is waiting to forgive you. 
He is rich in mercy. He is rich in forgiveness. All you need to do is confess your sin with the honest heart. God is faithful to forgive you. And stop allowing the devil to tell you lies that you need to be perfect for God to love you. God loved you before the foundations of the earth. And from then until the end of time, he will always love you. There's but while God and I should be, I am his, and he is mine. Rage, you devil, if you want. Mock, you scoffers, if you wish. <laughs> come wind, come weather, come good, come evil. Day or night, time or eternity, I know that I'm his, and he's mine. Glory be to God.